Yes, hello everyone. Just waiting for my guest to come through. Hello. Good morning. Thought, How are you? I'm fine. It's late afternoon here. I just thought maybe I should play a song for you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hope we can hear it. Can you hear that? I can. It's not very clear. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> you see, I put it on our stories, right? <laughs> I saw it earlier when I said yes. Yeah. I love it. That's 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 enough dancing for me for for the year. <laughs> oh wow! Thank you so much, Susan. For oh gosh, now I need to stop it. <laughs> yes, that's it. Yeah, thank you, Susan, so much for you know honouring my request and coming on to Global Sororitas. We are so honoured to have you here. Fantastic. So I'm just going to give you a, a little intro. I know that I read a little bit of, about your story, but I don't really want to tell your story. I want you to be able to tell that story yourself. Sure, so, yeah. so we have today um, with us, we have Susan Razak. And Susan is an entrepreneur. She's an educator. And since her weight loss um, surgery, she's lost 130 pounds. And her purpose, her goal is to help women achieve weight loss success, right? She's the creator of Reborn online um, weight, loss, um, weight loss surgery course and also Weigh Your Options online mini course. She's also, um, she has a teaching tutoring company. And so she does a one-to-one -one tutoring for K-12 test prep, educational coaching and executive function. So Susan, we welcome you here. I know there's a lot more to this woman. I know <laughs> what I've written down doesn't really capture the, um, the many things that you do and the many contributions that you have made um, in society. So I just want you to kind of tell us a little bit about your story. Um, your, yeah, your story. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. I'm really yeah. happy to be here yeah. and to be talking to everybody who's on the live and for anyone who's watching the replay. Um, so my name's Suzanne, yes, and I, I was born in Nigeria and I grew up in England. 
So um, I moved to the U.S. about 20 years ago, in fact, 21 years ago, and I live just outside of Washington, D.C. now. And what happened is when I first moved here, I mean, America is a great place, but it was a cultural shock for me. Mm. So, you know, there is so much food. The work ethic is very different to what I was used to. The uh, work ethic is very strong here. So people work much longer hours than in Europe. And um, they have, you know, as a beginner, they, they have about two weeks vacation and you can work up to more. But that was shocking to me at the beginning. So when I moved here, I started to comfort eat. And the food here is bountiful. <laughs> So I would eat and eat and eat. And at the time, I didn't know how much weight I was putting on. But I was eating to comfort myself because I didn't have many friends. Um, my family was on the other side of America or the other side of the globe in England. So it was really a struggle. So yeah. I comforted myself in food. And that's how the weight started to pile on. Mm. Yes. So um, after that, I kind of started finding it difficult to move around. And then I started developing some health problems, asthma. And um, I got to the point where um, it became a real struggle. My thyroid was triggered out of whack because of my extra weight and all the other health problems. Yeah. And so even though I knew what to eat, I knew I had to switch to a healthier diet. I knew I had to exercise. I would be then doing all of that. But by now it wasn't making a difference because I had all these health problems. Right. So I had asthma. So there was only so long I could exercise before I just, you know, needed my inhaler and it just wasn't conducive. So I tried everything else. I tried hypnotism. I tried a personal trainer, acupuncture, weight watchers, um, all these different low carb diets. And it was just not working. So it got to a point where I just accepted it. I just accepted, well, I'm going to just be one of these fat people. I'm, you know, I'm going to still live my life and be happy. But what happened was one day I went to a really nice party with my husband. It was a barbecue. And there was about 80 people there. And the, we were a bit late. And the guests didn't have any more seats. And so he said, okay, I'll go to the garage um, the garage, as you say in England, <laughs> and I'll get you the folded chairs. So you know those like little wooden plasticky type folding chairs? Yes. So the host was so gracious and got us both the chairs. And my husband sat down and I sat down and I broke the chair in front of 80 people. And that's when I realized I have to do something about this weight. Mm -hmm. So I started vigorously exercising and unfortunately, because of my size, I was 44 and 300 pounds, and I had a stroke exercising. And I was lucky to recover. And it was a huge, huge warning sign. And I said to myself, I'm going to lose this weight. So I upped the game. I got a personal trainer. I trained every day. I ate a very strict diet drank all my water, but then I had another stroke. 
because I was working so hard and intensely. At that point, the doctor said, we need to look at some other more dramatic solutions. And that's the stage I was at, you know, mm -hmm. when I decided. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I took a leap of faith. Mm -hmm. I, you know, asked what suggestions they had. And that's when they suggested the gastric sleeve to me. Right, right. Yeah. So the gastric sleeve is quite a dramatic surgery. It's where they remove part of your stomach. So you are restricted with how much you can eat. At the time, I was so shocked that that was something that he'd even consider. Because even though I knew I was fat, and even though I had had two strokes, when you're bigger like that, you look down on yourself. Like, when you're looking at yourself, you look down. Mm. And so you look at your waist and you think, oh, I'm still not that big. You know, you're not, I wasn't looking at myself in the mirror. I just wasn't because of some other reasons that I'll talk about later. I never took photographs of myself, very rarely. If I did, I was really hiding behind my kids. I know that people are out there knowing what I mean by that. I would get my two kids to stand in front of me. So I wasn't looking at photographs often of myself. I was never on social media till last year. So I wasn't being reminded of how big I was. So I was shocked that the surgeon would suggest that. But, you know, I was open-minded. So I researched it. I researched him. I interviewed lots of other surgeons. I did the actual research. So not going online and just reading people on the forum, but actual Harvard um, medical journals, Princeton journals, um, all about the statistics of the safety of these surgeries. And I got the real data and I, I figured out that, yes, it was a safer option for me than to continue with all the medical issues I had. Mm. So I made the decision to have the surgery. Mm. So now you've taken the leap of faith and you've gone ahead and you decided that you wanted to, you know, this weight loss. What, mm -hmm. How, what, what was it? What was the specific thing that made that mind shift? Because obviously you knew you were overweight. Yeah. Um, you knew that there were some health complications yes. that came along with that. But what 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 thing what what specific situation or specific thing that made you made that mind shift that said you know what i'm going i'm going for this 100 percent well my doctor my surgeon said if you want to be around for your daughter's graduation you need to do something and that's when I realized what he was telling me was that because of my two strokes, there wasn't going to be a guarantee I was going to be around. So um, I decided, yes, I'm going to do this, but I'm not just going to do it. I am going to do this 110%. And I need to do this to be around for my children so that I could see them graduate and hopefully see them get married and all those wonderful things. Because I realized that, you know, tomorrow is not promised. And if we can at least set ourselves up for success by being the healthiest we can be, yeah. then we've got a chance. And so I decided at that moment that I was going to commit to it. 
and I was going to change my mindset and reframe my mindset. So what I mean by reframing is looking at food, not as some indulgent, wonderful, tasty, delicious thing, but instead looking at it as a science that food is fuel and just shifting my mindset completely about my body, about my lifestyle, about my food and exercise. Exercise wasn't so that I could lose weight anymore. Exercise was so I could have energy and keep my body healthy. So I completely shifted my mindset and I obeyed every little thing that my surgeon and my nutritionist and my therapist told me. I wrote it down, I had a big binder and I did everything they said step by step and it was really successful right so did they did you have anything that you had to did it was there a specific way that you had to prepare before the surgery were there specific things that you needed to do yes definitely so i went to john hopkins for my surgery surgery so it was one of the best hospitals in the world i was so lucky because they gave me so much guidance and i was able to do multiple nutritional um appointments beforehand so that I understood um, what to eat and how much to eat because even though I knew what to eat you know anybody who knows nutrition knows what's good for you knows what vegetables lean meat and fish do for you you know you need fiber but you still need to go through the nutritional classes because you have to adjust the portions of what you're eating and how you eat so you have to eat your protein first and you can only eat about four ounces initially so um, I went through all of the nutritional classes. I went through the therapy classes with a psychiatrist and a psychotherapist to make sure I was mentally ready because you don't want to do the surgery and then go back to your old ways of comfort eating or emotional eating. So dealing with any um, deep hurt, any deep pain that you may not have dealt with, um, seeing a therapist beforehand is really important to set your mindset for after so that you can be successful afterwards. And then I continue to exercise because you do need to lose a little bit of weight to meet the criteria for the surgery. And you do something called a liver cleanse. The liver cleanse you do is right before the surgery is a liquid diet. And the liver sits right on top of the stomach so that when the surgeon goes in, they need to kind of bypass the liver to get to the stomach. If the liver is smaller, that's easier to do. And if you've been drinking a lot, if you've been eating a lot, sometimes you have an enlarged liver. So they have you on a special liquid diet to reduce the size of the liver, to increase the success of the um, surgery. So I did all of that and was ready, ready to change my life. Mm. Yeah. So after you had the surgery, mm -hmm. um, was the experience what you thought it would what you thought it would be yeah that's a really great question so initially it was because i had done the research so what i say is the physical side of the surgery was exactly what i was expecting i knew i was going to be in a little bit of pain i knew i had a restricted diet and restricted movement initially i knew exactly what to expect in the hospital stay but what I wasn't expecting was the emotional and societal effect of the surgery. So the emotional side was that 
you have to let go of your previous life completely in the sense that you were starting a new life, you're being reborn in the sense that you're given another chance to reset everything. And the societal side of it, this what really shocked me. I wasn't prepared for that. I found out that other people have a real um, very narrow viewpoint of gastric surgeries and it is um, associated with a stigma that mm -hmm. it's the easy way out that you're cheating and so that's what really shocked me and I wasn't prepared for that and I found myself defending my decision a lot more than I had hoped to do and that's when I decided I need to get on social media and spread my message that this has been hugely successful for me and has given me my life back. It's given my kids their mom back. And so I have been able um, to, you know, share my message because I was not expecting that onslaught of um, negativity about the surgery when my viewpoint was that I was improving my life, I was making this decision that was going to positively affect everybody around me. Yeah. So when you felt discouraged during your recovery um, process, what helped you bounce back? Well, my family, um, my husband, my kids are huge inspiration to me. So they kept me going for sure. And I was really determined. So um, I actually got certified with health, nutrition, and I did a mastermind um, coaching course to get certified. And when I did that, I actually used the material in there. I used the tools to transform my mind. When I was getting down, I used certain tools to shift my mind. I created new habits and I did things like journaling, gratitude journaling. I did affirmations. I started projecting the life I wanted in my head. And whenever I was to get down or discouraged, um, I would always use those tools, certain go-to tools to keep me on track. And they worked, and um, I decided that, you know, if I'm feeling this way, other people must be feeling this way too. And that's when I decided to open my Facebook um, group. It's a private Facebook group um, for support. And it's an intimate group, but we really give each other support called Gastric Girl Society. Mm -hmm. And it's where people can go. And if they're having a tough day, like if they want a piece of cake or they're really struggling with emotions, they can jump on, express themselves, and I'll always be there to answer. But now we have so many other people who contribute and pray for each other on there and give words of encouragement. And so I created that group for just this particular reason where you do get discouraged once in a while because it's a long journey. And so you want to always have a support team around you. And unfortunately, you may think your friends and family can support you, and sometimes they can. But if you're in a situation that you're not able to get that support, I wanted to make sure that there was a support group out there for people like that. Fantastic. We'll, we'll talk more about um, how you've now developed other things from that from that experience. So I wanted to ask a question. Do you think that your relationship with food has changed? And was it the relationship with food or was it the relationship with yourself mm. that triggered that pattern 
of eating? Yeah, that's a brilliant question. And one that I'm hoping that other people will probably think about too, that it was a bit of both. So my relationship with food has definitely changed. So um, when you have a relationship with food of scarcity, where you think I can't have something, that bleeds into the rest of your life. And it's not healthy. So I changed that. Even though my portions are smaller, I changed that relationship with food to be more of a relationship of abundance, that I can have this much food in limited amounts, but I can actually eat all the things I like to cook. And so I became, um, I had this much more healthy relationship about food being fuel and being able to give me an abundant life because when i eat that food i can now do everything i want because it allows me to stay in my weight stay in my lane and go bike riding with my kids and go walking and running up the stairs without getting breathless so that small amount of food allows me to have an abundant life so that's how i switched my feeling of food mm. but i did a lot of deep work about how i felt about myself because when you go through this process, you learn a lot about yourself. And I realized that I actually didn't like myself very much before the surgery. And in some moments, some dark moments, I had feelings of self-loathing. And I would stuff myself with food to push down those emotions. I hope that right. that makes sense. Yes, right? yes, yes. And then they would come back up again and I want to push down more. So I'll eat more food to push them down. As I was eating more of that food, it releases the dopamine in my brain, making me feel happy, just like when you eat a piece of chocolate. And so then I would want more food because I would want more food because it made me think I was happy because of the chemical change in your brain that happens with the dopamine but I was trying to stuff down painful feelings about myself. And so what I did was the deep work to really understand why I felt that way about myself. Where did that come from? Looking back into my childhood about relationships with food and relationships with myself, that I was using food to comfort myself because growing up, food was actually very positive. Mm. We'd celebrate with food in Nigeria, yeah. right? Yes. We'd have barbecues yes. and parties. I would associate happiness with food. Mm. So when I was happy, I wanted to eat. But then when I was sad and pushing that painful feeling down, I wanted to eat to get to that happy feeling. So both of those roads lead to the same thing. You know, it's like all the roads lead to Rome, right? All those eating roads lead lead to you putting your weight on and you not liking yourself more because you can't control it. So I took control. I was honest about why wasn't I liking myself? And you can't help other people and help yourself if you don't love yourself. And so I did the deep work to find out that I wasn't really truly doing what I wanted to do in life. I wasn't teaching. I wasn't helping other people. And when I tapped into that, that if you hone in on your power and what you're here on earth to do that unleashes all the dislike you have because you throw it aside 
so that you can help other people. Mm -hmm. And I was then filling myself up with the idea that I could help others and I started helping others. I saw their lives being transformed. I saw my students getting great grades and that filled me up yeah. to the point where I said, yes, I do have something to offer. And then that relationship with myself changed. And when you treat yourself nicely and you fill yourself with love, then you can push it out into the world and give other people what they need. In the meantime, you're still feeding yourself with something good. And mm -hmm. so it's a combination of um, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with food, and making sure both of those are very balanced and healthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So would you, if somebody that is planning and possibly on this journey or thinking and making a decision about do I want this or don't I want this? Mm -hmm. What would you say to them? What would the advice be? Would you say that it is best to do the inner work first mm -hmm. then proceed with this? Or would you say just go with the flow and see where it takes you? What, what would be your perspective? Well, I definitely would advise doing both concurrently. The reason mm -hmm. being, if you just do all the inner work first, you may not get there because there may be some excuses, there may be some downfalls and upsets that you have that derail you on that journey. So if you do it concurrently where you're working with your medical team with the idea that you're going to make this decision to have the surgery, and don't forget, you can always change your mind. You know, mm -hmm. they even offered me 15 minutes before the surgery, they offer you this disclosure and say you can still not do it you know so you can go along the journey and you can always decide not to do it if you don't want to at the end but doing the work mentally making those lifestyle changes beforehand as well as working with your team doing your nutritional appointments and all of the other things that are required get you to that goal post and then when you're at the goal post at the finish line you can make an informed decision there are some people to get to that point and the work they've done is so good mm. that they have dropped the weight that they need and decide not to do surgery, but decide to keep their team, decide to keep a nutritionalist and a personal trainer and a therapist. And then there's some people who get to that point and say, you know what, I really do need this tool to help me go further. And then they're able to then make the decision to have the surgery and say, okay, I've done the work so far and I'm going to take it to the next level with the surgery, committing to this lifestyle change. But when you commit to the lifestyle change, commit to it with an idea of mental abundance, not scarcity, because this thing gave me my life back. So much so that I am doing so many things now that I never thought I could do. And it's transformed my life to the point where um, I pinch myself. <laughs> I pinch myself saying, is this real? Can I really do this? I can really zip line with my kids in Puerto Rico. I can really water ski. I can really do all these things. I can really work on my consulting work in the day, teach students in the evening, have the energy for clients. I would never have been able to do any of that at 300 pounds, you know? So 
yeah, I would definitely say do all the things concurrently, work towards that goal. And then at the end, when you reach that goal, make that decision if it's going to be the right surgery for you. There are lots of options. There's not just the gastric sleeve. There's the gastric band. There's the bypass and some other um, lesser known surgeries. But, you know, whatever your surgeon recommends for you based on, you know, whether or not you have GERD or acid or particular lifestyle or particular weight, you know, there's lots of options. You don't have to pick one particular one that I did. You don't have to do the sleeve. Fantastic. Yeah. So, you know, like people, sometimes people go through this experience and they learn something. The experience reveals something about them to themselves. Yeah. You know, some people go through experience and they realize the inner, inner strength that they have. Yeah. The resilience that developed through that journey. What would you say this experience has revealed to you about you? So, for a long time, and I know there's much, many people out there that are much wiser than me, but for a long time, I thought my life was about how to make my life better. How to go out, earn money, make my life nice, make sure my kids could go to a good school, nice house. All of, I thought it was about making my life better. This surgery and the changes that happened transformed my whole view that my life was about making other people's lives better. Um, and so it took me out of the equation, mm -hmm. which almost made my life so much easier. Because when you stop having to worry about yourself, if you're in a, let's say, a perfect place that you can help other people, then all your problems just seem to dissipate because you're focusing on others. And so this transformed that side of how I think what life is about and my purpose, because I really did think my purpose was to make my kids' lives better mm -hmm. and make sure they're okay and all of that. Mm -hmm. But I found out that it was bigger than that, right? It was to make sure that other people's kids were doing okay in school too. And my clients were doing really well in their lives. And then the other thing that it changed was my understanding of the body and beauty. So I know the beauty industry is huge, right? Hair and skin. And I was always worried about, okay, do I look okay? And things like that. But now I see it completely differently. I see the body as an informational tool. Mm -hmm. So when you get acne, I see that now as the body speaking to you using the biggest organ it has to say something's up something's out of balance when your hair is falling out that's the body speaking to you saying you need certain vitamins thiamine biotin you may need some collagen um and there will be some hair loss during after the surgery but understanding how you can set yourself up for success but knowing that when these things happen it's your body speaking to you so i changed my view of the body being this thing that, you know, carries us around and, you know, you can make pretty and you can have nice outfits and stuff like that too. Hey, this body is here giving me so much information about what's happening with me, myself. If I've got chapped lips, I know I'm dehydrated. I know I have to drink more water. So communicating with my body in a different sense was another transformation that happened. Right. Fantastic. 
and it's so true the whole idea of coming to that realization that your life is not actually just for you you know you're here for a, a, a reason and that leads us to my next question which is more about your purpose and what you're doing right now i know you mentioned that you're on the group that you have on facebook the private yeah. group but i know that other things you're doing in the background if you can just share with us um your coaching practice and the other things that you're doing Sure, yeah. So, um, as I mentioned, I do have the private Facebook group. It's for anyone who's thinking of having surgery or had it mm -hmm. and needs some support. It's called Gastric Girl Society on Facebook. And the other things that I do is I run a coaching program. So I run just two courses. The first course is called Weigh Your Options. It's a mini course for anybody considering weight loss surgery. Um, I'm not there to convince them to have weight loss surgery. I'm just there to hold their hand and say, this is exactly step-by-step step what's involved, what your options are. This is what you need to do to prepare. And I'll show them how to do that with actual tools workbooks so they're not having to go through google and search three thousand different things and watch yeah. 10 youtube videos but it's all packed into just one unit and um workshop where we have support we have classes we have the workbook everything that's included in preparing and then once they have all of that information they have question and answer sessions and coaching with me they can then go and make that decision whether or not they're going to have the surgery so some people go through the mini course and decide yeah this is definitely for me and some people say no you know i think i can do this on my own without the tool and I run that mini course just twice a year. Nice. The other course I run is called Reborn. Now this is a really robust course for anyone who's had surgery that is having issues with going back mentally, with comfort eating, emotional eating, not being able to change their mindset, anybody who's missing their old life. And so this is much more robust in showing people how to use certain tools to make sure that they're having as much success with the surgery as possible. And this can be for people who have just had the surgery or people who are about five years out and they're slipping, they're slipping into old habits. And there's Q&A sessions, there's um, accountability pods, coaching with me, and then all of the materials that are included in that. But that is a robust course and that is actually only run one, once a year. I only run that reborn course once a year um, I do limited amounts of one-on-one -on -one coaching for people who want more of an intimate um, workable situation with me that's much more limited I only um, have a couple of spots for March and only one spot for February available um, but if people are interested in that they can DM me, they can DM me about the courses and, you know, I can push, push them in the right direction and say, okay, I think this would be great for you or, you know, um, suggest other websites or resources that they could find the information they need. And, you know, overall, I'm there in a supportive role with my Instagram and my Facebook group so that 
people always have someone to access that say, okay, let me bounce this idea off Suzanne. And I'm, you know, obsessed with education. So I'm constantly keeping up with the new um, developments in bariatric surgery. I work with um, my surgeon at Johns Hopkins to make sure that everything that I'm doing is still on track with my vitamins and things like that. And any new information I get, I share it with that community on Facebook and Instagram. And, you know, each time you go online, you're going to connect with someone in particular. And, you know, if somebody wants to feel like they connect with me, I want to be able to help them. Um, and what I found is that I have connected with so many people and they're like my family now. Mm. <laughs> and so it's been able, great being able to encourage them on their journey online and, you know, share everything I know so that I hope it will help other people. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put all that information um, when I post this later on so people can know how to contact you and know how to get in touch with you. And it's been fascinating talking to you today. Um, Thank you. I've learned so much myself, you know, <laughs> about this. And I've learned, to, I've learned about you as well, you know. Um, and I'm grateful that you have honoured this request. So to anyone out there who wants to get in touch with Susan, or if you have any questions, any burning questions that you want to ask her while she's with us, you could just quickly put it in the comment box and I could just ask her now or she can even see the comments. Um, but yes, if there's no question, um, we would now end this live thank you susan so much thank you so much i really enjoyed it yes yeah, it's, it's been fantastic <laughs> thank you very much thank you bye, bye. everyone bye